welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. I have quite a treat for you tonight. First, let me just tell you that next Thursday, I will have merch available again. Yay! I will let you know more details next week, and I should have some first day promo codes for you as well in next week's episode, but I wanted to give you all a heads up that starting next Thursday, January 21st, 2021, merch will be available. Now, on to tonight's story. It is an award-winning story. That's right, it won the October Scariest Story of the Month for the No Sleep subreddit in 2015. So thank you so much to author Max Richardson for sending it into the show. I'm so happy to present it to you all. I hope you like what I've done with it, Max. This is I Found a Notebook in My Barracks Room. Okay, so I'm in the Coast Guard, and I'm currently stationed in Kodiak, Alaska. I live in the barracks. I was cleaning my barracks room today, and I pulled out my armoire to vacuum behind it when I found this notebook. I took a look at it, and it's a journal. I figured it might be interesting to check out another guy's Kodiak experience. So I started reading it. I've read about a month's worth of entries, and it's definitely the kind of thing that belongs here on Scare You to Sleep. There's a good amount of jargon, so I've taken the liberty of adding in a few explanations, mostly for the abbreviations. My notes are enclosed in brackets. Everything else I've typed in as it was written. Take a look. First of January, 2012. I reported to my new unit today, Air Station Kodiak, Alaska. I'm really excited. Of all the units I could get sent to, I get the one with a TV show about it. If you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be living in Alaska fixing machine guns for a living, I'd have laughed in your face. Just goes to show you, you never really know what's coming, I guess. Anyway... My new boss, GM1, Gunner's Mate First Class, Roberts, picked me up at the airport this morning. And it's a tiny airport, too. There's only one gate, and baggage claim is a window that they drop your suitcase through. GM1 is a really nice guy. He helped me with my bags and took me out to breakfast, then drove me around and gave me a tour of the town and the base. We finished up the tour of the barracks, where GM1 helped me bring my bags to the front office, and then left with a hearty, see you in the morning. Since it's Sunday, they don't have a permanent room for me, yet. But they got me set up with a bed in the squad bay. A big room with multiple beds. In the basement. And the guy at the front desk said I should get a room by tomorrow. I was a little worried at first, because the squad bay has like 20 beds in it. But there's only two other guys staying in here right now so we all have plenty of room. I'm really looking forward to starting work tomorrow, and to getting my own room. (sighs) One of the other guys in here just went to sleep, and he's snoring. 
2nd of January, 2012. First day at work today. I think I'm really going to like it here. I didn't get to do any actual work. I spent most of the time walking around in my dress blues, checking in with various people. The CO, the Command Master Chief, the Command Drug and Alcohol Representative, my Division Officer, etc. But I also got to meet all of the other people in my shop. Everyone here seems really nice. When I introduced myself as GM3, Gunner's Mate 3rd Class, Fredrickson, they were like, No man, what's your first name? And that was that. Everyone here goes by their first name. Except GM1 and the Lieutenant. But even they call everyone by their first name. So here's the basic structure of our shop. Collectively, we are the Weapons Division. The Division Officer, Lieutenant Burke, is in charge of us all. Within the Division, there are two teams, Armory and Airborne Use of Force. Airborne Use of Force, or AUF, is made up of about eight guys, AMTs and AETs, Aviation Maintenance Technicians and Avionics slash Electrical Technicians, respectively, whose job it is to fly around in helicopters and shoot shit. I'm in the armory. GM1 Roberts is in charge of us. Under him is GM2, Gunner's Mate Second Class, Jameson, and then me. We do maintenance and repair on the weapons the AUF guys use. We also handle all the ammo and give basic marksmanship training to the new AUF gunners. All in all, it seems like a pretty badass way to make a living. I'm looking forward to starting some actual work tomorrow. Anyway, after work, I got checked into my very own room in the barracks. I lucked out, too. Uh, Rooms in the main building have two beds and no alcohol is allowed. But I managed to get a room in the 21 and up building, which is down the road a little from the main building. The rooms there have only one bed, and you can have alcohol in your room. I'm glad I managed to get in here, and not just because it means I get to have a beer after work without having to walk through the snow. See, the main building is recently renovated, so it has this sterile, clinical feel, like you'd expect from a military building. Fluorescent lights, long, straight hallways, white walls and ceilings, and that blue carpet with the little red and white flecks that you always see in public buildings. It feels more like a human resource storage facility than a home. Barracks 8, my building, on the other hand, hasn't been renovated since it was built in the 1980s. And with the government always being about 10 years behind the times, that means it has this really homey 70s feel to it. The carpets are softer and a darker shade of blue. The walls are beige on top and green on the bottom, with a little wood panel separating the two colors. There's a nice living room with soft couches on each of the two floors, and the second floor has a kitchen with a full-size oven and a fridge, a deep freezer in case you bag any deer or fish, a dining table, a pool table, a poker table, and a stereo system. There's even an old-school wood-paneled mechanical vending machine in the first-floor hallway, My actual room is nice, too. The bed is relatively soft, and instead of the usual itchy gray wool blanket, they gave me a soft, green, warm comforter. There's a small recliner, desk and chair, a nightstand, two dressers, an armoire, a mini fridge, and a microwave. 
And there's even a bathroom between two bedrooms, with a door on either side so you can get in from either room. And the toilet is in a little stall, so your neighbor can come in to use the sink or shower without having to watch you take a dump. Definite plus. The only weird thing is that in order to save space in the bedrooms, they build the bathrooms sticking out into the hall a little bit. So the whole hall follows this zigzag pattern. Added to the old incandescent lights being a little bit dim, and some of them being out altogether, the overall effect is a little odd. You can't see from one end of the hall to the other. In fact, you can't see more than 8 or 10 feet in either direction because of the curves. Okay, so I finished writing that last paragraph and then went out to have a smoke. It's only like 6, but since it's January in Alaska, it gets dark around 4. So it was pitch black outside, except for a little light above the door. While I was out there smoking, the door on the second floor opens, and this guy steps out onto the porch and just stands there. He doesn't light up a smoke or go downstairs to the parking lot or anything. Just stands there. And then, as I'm looking at him, I realize I can't see him very well because the porch light is behind him and he's backlit by it. But I think he's looking at me. No. Staring. He's just standing there totally still. And the longer I look at him, the more sure I am that he's staring back at me. I wave at him, but he doesn't move. He just stands there, staring. So I stand there, looking back at him for so long, my cigarette goes out. I go to relight it, and when I look back up, The dude is gone. No tracks in the snow, and I didn't hear the door open. He's just... gone. So I put out my cigarette, even though there's some left, and I come back inside. I don't know what's up with that guy. But it was so weird and unsettling, I had to write it down. I double-checked and made sure that the front door to my room, the door to the bathroom, and the window are all locked. And they are. What a weirdo. Oh well. I guess no place is perfect. 3rd of January, 2012. First day of actual work today. GM2 and I took apart and cleaned some machine guns that the AUF guys brought to the range last week. It was fun, and I learned a lot of little tricks on how to get them clean. But man, I'm tired. I got woken up at like 2 in the morning last night by some butthole stomping around in the hallway upstairs. At first I thought it was probably some drunk dude stumbling back to his room. It is the 21 and over building, after all. But he didn't ever really go anywhere. Just stomped from one end of the hallway to the other. Then back again. Back and forth. Back and forth. It was really annoying and I couldn't get back to sleep. After about 10 minutes of relentless stomping, I finally decided to go up there and give the guy a piece of my mind. But as soon as I sat up, I heard the side door open and close. Then the guy stomped down the outside stairs and I guess he left because 
I didn't hear him anymore, and I fell back asleep a few minutes later. But man, being woken up like that can really mess up a good night's sleep. What was that guy up to, anyway? Just back and forth for ten minutes and then he leaves? Walks out into the snow at two in the morning? And I didn't hear a car start up. So, did he just walk out into the night? I wonder if it was that same weirdo who was staring at me earlier. 5th of January, 2012. I heard that stomping again last night, around midnight. This time, I listened to it for about five minutes before deciding to go upstairs and talk some sense into the guy. So I threw on a shirt and my slippers and walked down the hall to the stairs. And I could hear the guy stomping the whole time. But once I got up to the second floor, I couldn't find him. There was no one up there. I went from one end of the hall to the other, and nobody was there. No doors were open. Nobody was in the living room or in the kitchen. Nothing. If I ever catch this phantom stomper, I'm going to ruin his fucking evening. I swear. 6th of January, 2012. Friday. First week at the new job is over. I didn't hear the stomping guy last night, and I actually got a good night's sleep. There's a bar on the base, right down the road from the barracks. I'm going to meet some guys from the shop there later and have a couple of beers. 8th of January, 2012. Okay, this is getting weird. Just a minute ago, there was a knock at my front door. I got up and answered it, but there was nobody out there. I stepped out into the hall, and no one was around. But then I noticed there was snow tracked on the carpet. The tracks went from one side door to my room, then back again. I know they're not mine, because I always wipe my boots really well to avoid tracking snow all over. But here's the weird part. The carpet in front of the door to my room was soaking wet. I can't be sure, but it seems like whoever knocked on my door stood in front of it for a really long time. Long enough for some of the snow on their jacket or whatever to fall off into the carpet and melt. But then, as soon as they knocked, they left without waiting for me to answer the door. Someone is fucking with me and I don't appreciate it. 13th of January, 2012. I'm starting to get the hang of things at work, and I'm falling into a routine. I like this job, and I'm good at it. We're going to the range next week, and I'm looking forward to it. I told GM1 I'm not a very good shot, and he promised he would help me get my expert medal before summer. I haven't had any more issues with the stomping or knocking or staring. I hear there's a guy at work who's trying to sell his Ford Bronco. I'm going to take a look at it next week. Hopefully I can take it off his hands and explore a little more of the island. 18th January, 2012. There's this shed, kind of, between the side of the barracks building and the smoking area. I was outside smoking a minute ago, and I looked up and saw someone standing by the shed facing me. It was dark, and I couldn't see him very well. But I'm sure it was the same guy from before. And I'm sure he was staring at me again. 
I had had enough. I walked straight over there without even putting my cigarette out because I didn't want him to vanish again. As I was walking toward him, he stepped behind the shed and out of view. I followed him around the side of the shed and he was gone. The tracks went around to the back of it and then just stopped. Like he fucking teleported away. I looked around for a minute before deciding to go back to the smoking area and finish my cigarette. There's a little shack so you don't have to get rained or snowed on while you smoke. When I was about halfway to it, I saw him step out of the shack and start walking towards me. I don't know how he got over there so fast, and without leaving any tracks in the knee-deep snow. I wanted to go over there and clock him. The way he was walking, pushing his way through the piled-up snow so quickly, so purposefully, I lost my nerve. I flicked my cigarette into the snow and went the hell back inside. When I was almost back to my room, he started pounding on the side door, the one I had just entered the building through. Not knocking, I mean pounding, hard. The whole door was shaking in its frame. I just stood there for a few seconds, not sure what to do, and then one of the guys down the hall came out of his room and yelled, What the fuck? He asked me if I knew what that was about, and I told him what happened, and we called the front desk to complain, but nobody answered. I don't know what this fucking guy's deal is, but I'm starting to get a little scared. 19th of January, 2012. I bought that Bronco today. After all that's been going on, I need to get away from the barracks for a while. So I talked my buddy Jack into going camping this weekend. I rented a tent and stuff from MWR, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation, and bought some beer and food and firewood. We're leaving tomorrow and coming back Sunday. Jack says he knows a good spot where there won't be a lot of people around, so we can set up some targets and shoot them without having to worry about shooting into another campsite by accident. 22nd of January, 2012. That camping trip was exactly what I needed. I hadn't realized how much this situation was this weird guy had been putting me on edge until I actually got the chance to put some distance between myself and Barracks 8 and relax. I actually had a great time. Jack and I sat around the fire and got a little bit drunk on Friday night, swapping stories about SAR, search and rescue, cases we'd been on, girls we'd screwed, our job before the Coast Guard. Saturday morning, after breakfast, we hiked through the woods around our campsite to make sure there wasn't anyone else around, then set up the beer bottles from the night before and took turns shooting at them. Then today, we hiked a little more before breaking camp and coming back to base. I dropped Jack off at his house, he's married so he gets an actual house, and came back to the barracks for a nice, long, hot shower. I'm going to go to bed early tonight and then try to figure out what I'm going to do about this weird guy tomorrow. 23rd January, 2012. This afternoon when I came home from work, I saw my next door neighbor, the one I share a bathroom with, going into his room with some luggage. 
I asked him if he was going on leave, and he said no. He was just coming back. He had gone to Anchorage over the weekend with some friends for a snowboarding trip. I asked him how the trip was. He said it was good. We said goodbye and went into our respective rooms. But here's the thing. Yesterday evening, while I was in the shower, I heard the door leading from my neighbor's room into our shared bathroom open. I heard him walk over to the sink and turn on the water. He ran the water for a couple minutes. sounded like he was washing his face or something. Then he shut off the water, went back into his room, and closed and locked the door. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but... If he was in Anchorage all weekend, if he just got back today, then... Who the hell came into the bathroom last night? That's all I've read through so far. I need to get to bed. I have work in the morning, but honestly, I'm kind of creeped out by this. I'm the new GM3 at Air Station Kodiak. I work in the weapons division, the same shop this Fredrickson guy worked in. Could this journal be written by the guy I replaced? I'm going to look through the file cabinet tomorrow and see what I can find. I'll throw out an update once I've typed up more of the journal, probably tomorrow or the next day. In the meantime, let me know what you think. Wow. I figured a few people would be interested in this stuff, but I was not expecting such an overwhelming response. Alright, so first off, I looked through some of the files at work yesterday, and I found plenty of papers signed by GM Roberts or Lieutenant Burke, and some signed by GM3 Fredrickson. There were also some memoranda and range score sheets and stuff mentioning them. So I know they are real people, and they really worked in my shop. I asked my GM1 about them, and he said he met GM1 Roberts, but Fredrickson had already left by the time he reported here. I even tried looking Fredrickson up in the global address list, which is a database of everyone's Coast Guard email address. But I couldn't find him, which most likely means he's not in the Coast Guard anymore. Now, on to the next set of journal entries. Guys... It looks like things really started to get weird for Fredrickson around February. I'm worried for him. I mean, I know that he's long since moved away from here and that this is over for him now. But I'm worried about what I'm going to find out. And I'm sort of worried for myself, too, living in the same building where this crazy stuff took place. As with my last upload... Any notes or explanations I add to the text will be in brackets. 25th of January, 2012. Last night, I was woken up around midnight by my phone ringing. There was an SAR case, and the ready aircraft was returning to base for fuel, and they wanted me to come restock their flares before they departed again. They ended up saving a bunch of fishermen, and even their dog. But... I saw him again while I was scraping ice off my truck. I started the engine to let it warm up, and then I started scraping the windshield when I heard footsteps. I turned around, and there he was, coming around the side of the building and walking straight toward me. Like always, I couldn't see him that well, but I just knew it was him. I just knew 
I had only cleaned off a small section of the windshield, and I hadn't even touched the other windows. But I said fuck it and jumped in and drove off. When I got to the stop sign at the edge of the parking lot, my engine died. I hadn't let it warm up all the way. I tried to look in the mirror to see how close he was, but I couldn't see through the ice. I got the truck started back up, but right as I hit the gas, I heard this wham against the back window. I almost crashed, turning out of the lot. I was so scared. After I restocked the plane, I wanted to just sleep in my car in the air station parking lot, but it was too damn cold. I would have frozen to death. I had to go back to the barracks. When I got there, he was gone. But I know he'll be back. And I know I'm stuck here with him. 29th of January, 2012. I've seen or heard him every night since Tuesday. He's all I think about anymore. Every night he stomps around the hallways or knocks on my door or stares at me when I go outside. I haven't been going outside and I haven't been smoking much. I dream about him. I went to the MAA, Master at Arms, the guy in charge of the barracks, and told him about everything that's been happening, but he doesn't believe me. He says it's not against the rules to walk around outside or around the hallways. And as far as the ding-dong ditching, there's nothing he can do if he doesn't know who's doing it. This is why I didn't talk to him. Until now, I knew he wouldn't do anything. You have to be here, you have to see and hear it to realize something's up. Last night, I couldn't sleep. And I lay there for a long time, and then I looked around the room, and I saw two shadows, like feet in the light, coming from under the door. It was him. It was one in the morning. It had to be him. He was just standing there. And I stared at his shadow while he just stood there. For two hours. And then he just walked away. I want to leave. I don't want to live here anymore. But you can't move out unless the barracks are full, and they're not. What am I going to do? 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 31st of January. 2012. He's out there. Right now. I can see his shadow through the crack under the door again. He's out there right now. Okay. He left. 14th of February, 2012. He only comes at night. The days are starting to get longer. I'm starting to be able to go outside after work, as long as it's light. Summer can't come fast enough. I used to like the snow. 
18th of February, 2012. I heard a sound in the bathroom. No door opening or water running. Just a soft sound, like a footstep. Then I heard my bathroom door move, just a little. Not the doorknob, but the door itself, like someone was leaning against it to listen. I went over to the door and put my own ear against it. Breathing. After a while, my leg felt uncomfortable, so I shifted my weight around a little. Then I heard a sound like something sliding on the carpet. I looked down and jumped back away from the door faster than I had thought possible. The crack between the door and the floor can't be more than a quarter inch tall. But there was a full grown fucking arm sticking out of it all the way up to about an inch past the elbow it was this disgusting mottled bluish gray or grayish blue and had all these whitish warts or pimples or something no hair five fingers with filthy dark nails and it was just like groping around feeling around like when you drop something under a desk but I think it was feeling for my feet I was so terrified I couldn't even scream my first instinct was to stomp on it as hard as I could but I stopped myself I knew, I just knew that the second my bare foot touched that dirty squishy arm, it would grab my leg and yank me into the bathroom through that crack under the door and that be it for me. So I just watched it, pressed against the armoire, sweating, groped around on the carpet for a long time, sliding left and right, patting around, looking for me. It was the size of a normal adult human arm. The elbow and wrist and fingers looked like they had bones in them, but right at the point where it stuck out from under the door... It was, like, pinched or squished or, like, kinked in order to fit through. After a while, I guess it decided it wasn't going to reach me. Because it flipped over, palm facing up, and started to reach upwards toward the doorknob. It couldn't reach, but it tried, squeezing a few more inches of its arm through the narrow crack. Finally, I came to my senses and grabbed the broom. I smashed the end of it against the bony wrist as hard as I could, but the arm didn't even flinch. So I hit it again. After two or three hits, the hand turned and slapped the broomstick away, then went back to reaching for the doorknob. I hit it again, and the arm twisted around and grabbed the broomstick, then shoved hard and slammed the broom into my chest, knocking me back into the armoire so hard it knocked the wind out of me. Then it let go of the broom and slid back under the door, squeezing down to size as it passed through the crack. I now know that I am well and truly fucked. 20th of February, 2012. 
can't run. I can't move out of the barracks because they're not full. I can't transfer to a unit off the island because moving me back to the lower 48 would be too expensive for the government. I can't just abandon my post and run away because then it wouldn't have to find me. The U.S. Marshals would track me down for it. I am trapped here with a monster. 25th February, 2012. It won't quit. It stops around. It waits at my door. Yesterday morning, I found the words, I see you, written in the snow on my truck. And when I turned around, it was watching me from over by the shed. I realize it's had dozens of opportunities to get me. Every morning when I go out to my truck, every evening when I take a shower, every time I go upstairs to the kitchen, it can catch me and kill me whenever it wants. It's just fucking with me. And there's nothing I can do about it. I can't even keep a gun in my room because weapons aren't allowed in the barracks. I'm totally at its mercy. And we both know it. 29th February 2012. I finally got a good look at it. I wish I hadn't. I wish I had never joined the Coast Guard. I wish I still lived at home with my mom and worked at Best Buy and my biggest problem was saving up enough money to go on a road trip with my friends. I was watching a movie and it knocked on my window. I knew it was it. The thing. Because it is the only thing that knocks to visit me. I ignored it at first, but it knocked again, and again, and again, until it was just knock, 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 knock. I knew I didn't want to open the curtain, but I couldn't stop myself. I expected it to be gone when I did open it. That's the way it goes. It makes the noise and then runs off. It was there. It was there. It was standing there with its face pressed up against the glass, staring right into my eyes. Its whole body was covered in the same hairless, gray, blue mottled mess of skin as its arm. It was bald had no nose, or ears, or nipples, or belly button, or dick, or balls. Two arms, two legs. The worst part was the eyes and the teeth. They were so ordinary, human. A perfectly straight set of white teeth under two normal blue human eyes twisted into an expression of hatred so intense that I'm sure it's only a matter of time. It's going to come for me eventually. It wanted me to see it. We just stood there, looking at each other, for maybe a minute. 
my breath coming out in pants and gasps, its breath coming out calmly and evenly and fogging up the window. Then it just turned and walked away. Now that I've seen it, I'm sure of two things. One, it is not a human being. Two, I can't go to anyone for help. No one will ever believe me. If I had a normal job, I could just go. Get in the car and go and never look back, but I can't do that. The government will find me. I'm stuck here. Waiting. 2nd of March, 2012. I didn't see or hear it at all last night. Somehow this worries me more than if I had. 3rd of March, 2012. I was right to be worried. I have to replace a few signs at work. I took pictures of them with my phone so I could put them back in the right place. When I went to look at the pictures, I found a video taken on March 1st. I didn't take it. At first, I couldn't tell what it was. It was dark and there was a rhythmic rumbling noise. Then the phone moved a little and I could see it auto-adjust for the darkness. It was a barracks room. I could barely make it out, but I recognized the bed in the middle of the frame, the window on the right, and the armoire on the left. Someone was sleeping on the bed. That was the noise. They were snoring. The phone got a little closer. The window out of frame, it adjusted again for the darkness, and I could see a little better. It was a man in the bed. I could tell by the haircut. After a few seconds, the man rolled over in his sleep, and I got a look at his face. At my face. It was a video of me sleeping, taken from inside the room, right next to my bed. It has always bothered me outside my room, so I assumed it couldn't get in. I assumed I was safe. <laughs> it knew that. It probably did things the way it did, so I would think that. This video with my phone just to show me that I was wrong, that I can get in whenever it wants to, without even waking me. And it wants me to know that. That must be why it showed me its face. So I wouldn't go to the police. This thing has been playing a fucking game with me the whole time. And it's winning. After the 3rd of March, he stops mentioning encounters with the thing. The next few entries are sporadic and mostly say stuff like, haven't seen it in a week, what is it up to? Then around mid-April, he starts making regular journal entries about regular stuff again. Talking about work, hunting and fishing trips, and so on. 
Every once in a while he mentions the thing, but only in passing. Like, I'm glad the thing seems to have disappeared. Anyway, I'm going to keep reading and see if he mentions any more run-ins with it. I'm not working this weekend, so I'll be able to post again tomorrow. If there's anything worth posting in here. I'll also let you know if any of my own detective work turns up anything. Let me know what you think about this man or monster or whatever. I've never heard of anything like this before. Sorry it's taken me so long to update. Sometimes life gets in the way. Don't worry, nothing supernatural or extraordinary has happened to me. Just mundane grown-up stuff. Over the last two weeks, I've done some digging, when I've had time, with somewhat disappointing results. Anyway, Fredrickson was a hell of a recluse. A few people who have been here a while either know him or know of him, but nobody can really tell me anything about him. The only place anyone ever saw him was at work or at the exchange. Nobody really had anything to say about him personally. I can't find any friends or girlfriends or anything. A few people did say something that may be of interest, though. Seems like he didn't tell anyone he was transferring, and he was only here for about a year. One day, he was seen at work, and the next day, he wasn't. It seems sketchy, so I asked a friend of a friend who's in the Coast Guard Investigative Service. Yes, it's a real thing. Google it. And he told me he couldn't say anything about it. Not doesn't know, but can't say. To me, that would suggest that CGIS has some information they're not allowed to share. Perhaps because they're investigating Fredrickson's disappearance? Anyway, the final set of entries is below. Let me know what you think. 15th October, 2012. Things are quieting down around here. Operation Arctic Shield is over with for the year, and we've got a brief lull before SAR season really gets here. It's good to get some time to relax and not worry about duty GM calls coming in every night. Still, I can't help but feel a little on edge. The nights are getting long, and it's getting cold. I've been trying not to think about the thing, but with winter on its way, I'm starting to worry that it might start showing up again. There are a few more mundane entries here, but neither of us is interested in those. I'll skip to the next mention of The Thing. 22nd of October, 2012. I just came inside from smoking. I noticed something while I was out there. There were tracks by the shed. I went to look closer and saw that one, the shed is still padlocked from the outside, and two, the tracks go from the shed door to the barrack side door, but only lead in one direction, away from the shed. The last time it snowed was three or four days ago. That means someone left the shed without entering it in the first place. I think it's that thing. I think it lives in the shed. 23rd of October, 2012. I didn't sleep at all last night. 
thing is back. It has to be. I need to figure something out. 27th of October, 2012. I was in the bathroom taking a dump when my neighbor came in. I was in the stall, so I couldn't see him. But I heard him go to the sink and turn the water on. But then, that was it. No teeth brushing, no water splashing around, no shaver buzzing. I leaned closer to the stall door to see if I could hear anything. But all I heard over the running water was breathing. It was slow and measured, but normal. I turned and put my eye to the crack between the stall door and the wall, but I couldn't see anything. I listened again. I could still hear breathing. I was still hoping against hope that this was my neighbor, but I knew better. I knew it was that thing. Fuck, 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 fuck. I knew this would happen. After a few seconds, the breathing changed a little and I felt a puff of air on my cheek. I turned to look through the crack again. There was its fucking eye, looking right into mine. I couldn't help it. I yelped and almost fell off the toilet. I thought for sure I was dead. I was sitting on the toilet with my pants around my ankles in a tiny stall with one way in, and it saw me. It breathed on my face and looked me in the eye. But it just slammed into the door once hard enough to shake the whole stall, then went back into my neighbor's room and shut the door behind it. I took a quick look to make sure it was gone and then got the fuck out of there. The sink was still running when I left. I'm writing this in a hotel room. The rate is cheaper because it's winter, but I don't have much money. That vacation really wiped me out. He went on leave at the beginning of the month. It seems like he had a great time, for what it's worth. 31st of October, 2012. It's Halloween. And I'm terrified. I'm still in the hotel. But I wouldn't put anything past it at this point. I've had nightmares about it every night. Every footstep I hear in the hall gives me a heart attack. I might die of fright before it has a chance to get me. Maybe that is what it wants. 1st of November, 2012. They found my next-door neighbor dead in the dumpster. I hear it looks like he's been dead for about a week. There are no suspects. Not that there's any doubt in my mind who did it. I know it was that thing. I can't say a word about it. If I start talking about monsters, they'll think I'm crazy. And I'll be the new prime suspect. Now more than ever, I... I'm alone in this. 5th of November, 2012. Well, that's it.
I'm out of money. Tonight will be my last night in the hotel. With nowhere else to go and the weather getting colder every day. I'm going back to the barracks tomorrow. 6th of November, 2012. It's around 10 and no sign of it. I have a big knife for all the good it will do. I'll sleep with it under the pillow from now on. I am awake and I'm coming for you. That part above is written differently than the rest of the notebook. The letters are bigger and the handwriting is awful, like a child's. What the fuck? What the fuck? I just found that written in here. I didn't write it. He fucking wrote me a note and closed my journal and put the pen back in the drawer and my knife is gone this morning. My fucking knife was gone from under my pillow. 11th of November, 2012. I haven't been sleeping much. It only comes when I'm not looking. So I'll keep my eyes open all the time, if I can. I may have a way out. My name finally came to the top of the BAH list. Basic allowance for housing. He put his name on the waiting list to move out of the barracks back in August. My move out date is the 30th of December, 2012. I'll be fine if I can make it until New Year's. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. 13 November 2012 Stay awake Stay awake Stay awake Stay 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 awake Shit I fell asleep Don't know how long Stay awake Stay awake Stay awake Stay stay Awake. 15th of November, 2012. It's outside. Fuck. Fell asleep again. It's gone now, though. 17th of November, 2012. Slept all day today. Woke up to knocking on my door. It was light outside, but I still didn't answer at first. After a few knocks, heard Becky's voice. Becky is a girl who lives down the hall from him. It's never talked to me before. I don't know if it can mimic other people's voices. Took a chance and opened the door. It was Becky. She was worried when she saw me. Says I look like shit. Asked if I was okay. I didn't know what to say, so I said I was. Told her I was hungover. Don't think she believed me. I'm starting to lose it. Just have to make it till New Year's. 19th of November, 2012. GM1 says I look like shit. GM2 says I look like shit. Lieutenant 
says I look like shit. Looked in the mirror. I look like shit. Staying up until I drop from exhaustion, but I still end up sleeping a few hours each night. It can get me whenever it wants. Who am I kidding? We'll start sleeping normally again if I can. It will kill me if it wants. No use killing myself with sleep deprivation. Deprivation? Hopefully, I can. It's outside again. I see its shadow and I hear it rubbing its hands on the door or something. Like, slowly rubbing? I don't know what it's doing. Maybe it just wants me to hear. It left. 30th of November. 2012. I'm sleeping normally again, or as normally as I can. It comes around every few nights. I think it's just letting me know it's there. Taps on my window, flushes the toilet, knocks on the bathroom door. It's starting to get dark during the workday, and sometimes I come home from work to find something missing or moved. (sighs) One more month. 2nd of December, 2012. For the first time, I'm looking forward to New Year more than Christmas. I go back and forth between hopefulness and resignation. As long as it leaves me alone for 29 more days, this will all just be something I have nightmares about from time to time. It's outside again. And it's jiggling the knob, jiggling it up and down and trying to open the door. I feel like I know it by now, and I know when it's just fucking with me. It's not. It's trying to come in. And it's jiggling the door, and it's trying the knob, and I can hear its fingers fucking with the latch. Please, if you find this, look for this thing. Look at the shed building in 4-3. Look for it. Kill this fucking thing if you can. The knob is turning, and it's coming in now. It's... That's it. There's nothing after that. All the rest of the pages are blank. I don't know what to think. Either Fredrickson is crazy and finally lost it and deserted, or this monster or whatever got tired of playing around and got him. Or this is some hilarious joke the guys at my unit came up with. I think I might just take Fredrickson's advice and have a look at this shed. I'll let you guys know if I find anything. A final note. Someone from my last post asked to see pictures of the notebook. Here are a few. Wish me luck. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's story. Uh, It's always fun sometimes to have these big long ones that take up an entire episode um, instead of a few little ones. I feel like they're fun for you to kind of 
listen to throughout the week. You know, I know a lot of you fall asleep when you listen, which makes me so happy. That's what the show is for. Um, yeah, I wanted to say I'm it's clearly a non-script week, as you can tell. <laughs> uh, sometimes I just don't feel like writing a script. I just feel like talking and, you know, doing the thing. Uh, I hope you're all having a wonderful week. I hope you're all drinking water. Drink your water. Um, I hope you're all resting. I hope you're all practicing self-care. I hope you're all taking time to work on whatever your favorite hobby is, be it, you know, baking or hiking or, I don't know, even just watching sports or watching your favorite YouTubers. That's a fun hobby too. It's one of my favorite hobbies. Um, in fact, I have a new video from one of my favorite YouTubers ready to go and it's like two and a half hours long and it's, I'm so excited and I'm going to have waffles for dinner. Not that any of you ever ask, but you know, (laughs) I always like to tell you what I'm cooking after each week's episode. After I'm done with the episodes every week, it's like my cue to get to kind of relax and bake, which is my favorite hobby. Um, anyway, I'm gonna let you go. Thank you, Max, for your story. It was fantastic. It was fun to produce. Um, I hope you enjoyed what I did with it. I hope you all enjoyed what I did with it. Um, yeah. Well, my neighbor is honking their horn outside, um, even though it is 9.30. It's fine. So I'm gonna go now before I have to edit out any more car honks. All right. I love you all. Go get some sleep. Sweet dreams.